leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. It's Renee Small here, and I am back. This is the new year, January 2019, and I would like to say Happy New Year, even though we're on in the month. We are doing our first Breaking into Cybersecurity series, and I'm here today with Neha Mehta. Say hi, Neha, to everyone. Hi. So Thanks we, for having me. Thank you. We are super excited to have you here. So before I jump in, I just usually, usually I'm here with Chris Folon, but he unfortunately is on a business trip and cannot meet with us today. So I am super excited to be here with Neha and she is going to be sharing with us her cybersecurity experiences, how she got to where she is today. And she is actually one of the people that we were going to meet in as one of the UMUC graduates. So super excited to have her here, super excited to get started. And Neha, we will jump right in. So I wanted to ask you what made you before you you know got into cybersecurity what were you doing and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into what made you even think about getting into the cybersecurity field um truthfully it was just a lot of trial and error mm -hmm. i tried to go to college and i did i mean i did i just didn't really know what kind of major I wanted to go into. And so I picked security and Intel because that seemed really interesting and just different from anything I've ever really heard of. And it delved more into like government, government work and whatnot. So that part was really interesting. I also majored in Spanish as well because I realized that I wanted to have an extra skill that I, sorry, there's a little bit of feedback. Um, there's a, a, I wanted to get into a specific skill that I could use day to day on top of my Intel major. Um, so I tried that. I'm not a native speaker. It didn't work. So for a couple years, I was kind of trying to figure out what my next move is. And there was a lot of trial error. And then after a lot of trying for two years, I kind of just made an impulse decision to go into cybersecurity at UMUC. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I didn't even know that you did, uh, that your your minor was in Spanish. Was it a minor or co-major? It was a double, double major. major. Cool. And I know you went to Ohio State and you had shared with me before mm -hmm. we started recording that yes. you, um, that your major was pretty unique, you know, the, mm -hmm. the major that you chose at Ohio State. And I think it's probably one only not many schools have that major, right? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. 
I do know that when I was talking to a friend of mine, he said it was a minor at Maryland, mm-hmm. but not a major. And it was not exactly the same thing. And it was security and intel, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. And then from there, you um, got into, you you know, went and had your first role. And I know you had shared with me that that didn't work out. And you were moving into, you decided to go back to school and go to UMUC. And you had shared. Yes. Yeah. I was. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a, I was kind of getting frustrated with not progressing. So I just decided to go to grad school in a major that I knew that was like very much mm-hmm. in demand. So that's kind of just how I got it. And it was a really good um, addition to my undergrad. So it wasn't completely out of left field. Right, exactly. So when when you had shared with me that, you know, a lot of people come from completely different backgrounds. So they don't even have, you had at least the security and Intel um, undergraduate major and understanding when you went to get the UMUC, when you went back to school to UMUC to get the cybersecurity degree. And what was your focus at UMUC? Mm-hmm. Like what, what, was there any sp- particular area of focus for you? Yeah, there's four mm-hmm. tracks. I chose the general cybersecu- cybersecurity technology mm-hmm. track. And um, I mainly did that because I felt that it would give me the most, like, variety of positions um, that I could right. get into. I just felt like it was the most marketable. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. especially with the background that you already had. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. And then, so talk to yeah. me about how you even applied, like when you were going through the process of applying to different opportunities, you know, and going through different interviews, one of the struggles that our viewers and listeners always seem to deal with is that it's so, so hard breaking into the industry. And so, they really, mm-hmm. you know, they're always, you know, reaching out to me, reaching out to Chris, and they probably have reached out to you and other folks that are more seasoned mm-hmm. in the industry saying, you know, there's not one path. Like, how do I break in? What do I do? So talk to me about what you did. So you're in grad school. What were you doing as you started mm-hmm. to progress, um, you know, to get to, to get to your, your, your position to where you are today? I, hmm, I looked at a bunch of private sector opportunities and a lot of them said that they required an X amount of years experience. And that's something I didn't have. Um, So when I looked on USA jobs, I saw that there was a lot of positions that were entry level and they specifically lay out for you what requirements that you need to meet for, especially for like intern positions. Mm -hmm. So I actually got in as an intern at GSA, which is general services and administration. Sorry, I keep getting feedback. So I know that like, I sound like really weird. It's because I'm trying to like, not hear myself. So it might be, you sound fine to us, but it might be, you might have Mm -hmm. to mute something on Maybe in, Possibly. Your, in your laptop. I do. Uh, uh, 
I keep getting feedback uh, of my own voice. <laughs> so uh, okay. that's what's distracting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, but yeah. yeah, this is this is a really cool story because we typically, mm-hmm. you know, I like I shared with you, it's so hard sometimes to go through that USA jobs dot um USA um jobs website mm-hmm. and you know the application process. So and you said you also looked at private industry. So were you looking at these um opportunities online? Did you get them through career fairs? Was it through like the career services department? Was it through your professors? Like talk to us about how the different opportunities were presented or how you went about searching for different opportunities for your internship and or full-time. I can't speak for other people, but at least for myself, I feel like networking within the government space kind of doesn't take you very far especially because you're going to have to go through this USA jobs process Mm -hmm. regardless. So even if you meet people, there's a good chance that your resume won't even get through. So that's something that I try to focus on first. Um, So I just made sure I was qualified for all the jobs I Mm -hmm. applied to and which were about like a good, like 20 to 25 intern positions or so and I started around like fall 2017 and I just kept applying to every single internship that popped up on my radar that was like security or IT oriented to at all like that's all I did I probably got referred to the hiring manager half those times Mm -hmm. I probably got an interview maybe two or three times and I got one job offer. <laughs> so the odds were not good <laughs> at all. Um, but I do think that it's a bit of a numbers game. And you have to just keep applying. And you just never know how many people are applying for the position. So you just have to apply to all of them po- right. possible. And another thing I was going to say, I forgot. Um Oh, yeah. Checking every day because there's positions that are open for only like three days. And you have to be able to make sure you're on the site every single day checking because there's positions that are only open for three days. Not that many people apply. And then you have a better chance of getting the job. So just checking every day and doing your due diligence. That really helps, too. Well, that's some good advice, especially for folks um, who, you know, people like me who when it comes to USA jobs and just the government as a whole, it's such a a different, it's just like a different it's kind of a black hole for totally resume. A black hole. It's a different <laughs> space. I mean, people come to me and ask for help in that area, and I can't, and I'm the first person to say I have no idea where to begin, where to help you. Um, and I try to. I truthfully think my age was also on my set because I don't think that a lot of places who are looking for interns are looking for people who are like already with like 10 years of experience in a different industry. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a little difficult. Um, But I don't think it's impossible because I do know a few people who are a little bit like maybe like 10 years older than me. I'm 28 for reference um, that have gotten internships but I do think that age does play a little bit of a role, especially for internship and recent graduate 
position. So. It might also be, um, it may be, it may be like the people who are early in the career per se versus the actual age. Yeah. It's like career. That makes sense. Yeah. That actually makes career more transition sense. Is because if you think yeah. about the folks that go back mm-hmm. to school, you know, people go back at all ages. And actually we just got a question that came mm-hmm. through that says, hello, um, I'm trying to break into the cybersecurity field. I have a law enforcement background. This is from Jacqueline. And she's also 50 years old. How or where can I start? And then she follows up and says, USA Jobs is very frustrating. And we, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I've seen that website and I say to myself every day, if they had to wait for me to apply to a job there, I would never get one because it seems so frustrating to me. Um, but Jacqueline, I think that, you know, what some of the points that um, Neha is making right now in terms of um, ensuring that you're checking out the, the websites from a, from a government perspective, to Neha's point, you know, you definitely have to go through those government website, USA Jobs, like it's it's the nature of the beast that has to happen. Um, From private sector, we've had a number of people come on the show and say that they have networked and they applied. So it's usually a multi-pronged approach. It's kind of finding out, okay, where can Mm -hmm. I find the entry-level opportunities, seeing, you know, um, one of the things, one of the the other webinars that I have done before have been like helping folks get really clear on their resumes and showing the cybersecurity um, experience that you have, even when you have a little bit of experience, really like showcasing that on your resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to your point, you know, applying and staying on top of daily what roles are available in the private sector and in the um in the public sector? You were going to say something, Neha. If you were transitioning into cybersecurity and you're, um, that's what I did. I showcased a project that, and that helped. And like, I think. Sorry. I keep getting a little distracted with my own voice. Um, With those projects, as long as it makes sense for the role, I think that going more in depth would also help. So I, my, my education GPA for my only like current, uh, current uh, education, everything else I kind of just left off. Mm-hmm. I listed all of my projects that I felt that would help. I listed the most relevant job experience that I had and any sort of professional experience, uh, experiences slash affiliations. Mm-hmm. Um, that also helped a little bit too. And I also showed them that even though I don't have my certs yet, I am working towards it. So let's say Security Plus is the one that I want to get within a couple months. I would just say working toward Security Plus. So they know that at least you're trying and they're on your way to getting there. Right. Yeah. No, that's a, those are such valid and, and, and really great points, um, specifically around the projects, because what I've seen where people get really, really frustrated, I've, been, I've seen this over and over again, is that they're making a career transition and they focus on everything that they used to do. 
So whatever their old job was, whatever their old profession was, you know, and that's typically when you think about a resume, it's always like backwards looking. So looking at the past Um, Mm -hmm. and they hardly ever highlight, you know, you and a handful of people that I've met over the months and years hardly ever, you know, are, are, are the very few that actually highlight the projects, highlight the coursework, um, mm-hmm. you know, really explain like, oh, this was the project, this was a pen testing project, this, these are the tools that I use, this is, a, this is what I did, these are the outcomes, so that people understand, like, they don't expect you to know everything in security, but they realize, oh, Neha actually did this stuff in her projects, and for, for a couple reasons. One, it's great from an interviewing perspective, but, or I guess that would be number two. Number one, it's going to rank your resume and get you to the top of the pile because one of the biggest challenges and biggest frustrations is that people apply and the resume goes into a black hole. And the reason why that goes into the black hole is because they don't have on anything on there that says cyber other than I have a master's in cybersecurity and then the whole rest of the resume is like some other profession. So hiring manager, it's not even going to get ranked, you know? Um, So definitely one of those areas. Um, And I think Jacqueline has another question here. Oh, uh, I think I need someone to take a look at my resume. I have no experience with certs. Okay, so Jacqueline, we will talk. Yeah, send me, um, shoot me a um, LinkedIn message. I'll put my LinkedIn information in here. And so, yep, the resume and the coursework, or the coursework needs to be involved in the resume um, in order for your resume to rank higher in the, um, for applicant tracking systems for usajobs.gov. And so for people who aren't aware, applicant tracking systems are quote unquote, the black hole that your resume goes into when you submit it to a job. And what these tools do is they rank your resume. So if they get 100 resumes for a job, they may only, or they're going to rank them like number one to number 100. Um, Or they'll give them a percentage like, oh, this person has 95% of what the job is asking for. This person has 92% of what the job is asking for. This resume has 75%. That resume has 30%. So from an HR perspective, recruiting perspective, all of that, an HR person is not going to eyeball every single res- 100 resumes. They're going to eyeball like the top 20, maybe top 10. And then the rest of them can stay in the quote black hole. And so that's where people get frustrated because they're like, I keep applying and applying and applying and I don't get a call back or anything like that. It's the volume of resumes that go into these systems and tools and the way the systems rank you. So the whole kind of trick is making sure that you get ranked up high enough. And part of that is ensuring that you have the projects on there, you have cybersecurity on there over and over again throughout the resume. Just putting masters in cybersecurity isn't helping the case because most probably everybody has a master's and, you know, it drops you down in a list. So it helps at least get you through. It just may not get you to refer to the hiring manager point. So uh, just having the masters. Yeah. Yeah. If you meet the minimum requirements, also a lot of them say you must have like a 3.0 out of 4.0. So you have to put your GPA on it. Otherwise they'll disregard it. Yeah. So that's another one. Also, um, UMUC, we get to play with a lot of tools mm-hmm. in our grad programs, like Wireshark, Nessus. We at least touch the tools. 
we don't go fully in depth. We're not experts by the time we get out of school. But just saying that you're familiar with all these tools does put you ahead of the pile too. Right. And I feel like I also, I did that in my resume and I think that helped a lot yeah. too. Yeah, they, and they, they, that's the thing. For the entry level and the internship roles, the manager knows that you don't have a ton of experience. That's not really what, that's why you're getting an internship. That's why you are entry yeah. level. So they don't expect mm -hmm. you to have all of these various things, even though sometimes that job, these job descriptions out there say, oh, you must have this, 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 and that. Typically when it's an entry level job and it's zero to two years experience, they just want to see that you're doing some of these tasks in your coursework and that you documented them on your resume. So to your very much to your point, that's exactly what you did. And that's why you were one of the folks that got called um, and ultimately interviewed and then got your job um, because yeah. that's what you put on there. And then, like you said, with UMUC and a, and a lot of schools, you do get to play with the tools. You do have familiarity. That's all they're really looking for. Like, does this person know anything about this topic? And then did your, I, I mean, for your interview process, I know a lot of times managers want to know like how you keep abreast of what's going on in cybersecurity and things like that. Um, did they ask you those types of questions? Mm, my two interviews that I had were night and day. The one I got hired for, my manager is a little unique with his interviewing. He doesn't really ask you all the skills that you like have related to it. He just wants to see that you're curious, eager to learn and just showing that on your resume and taught when you talk to him, that really is the reason why he hired me. So just showing that you're like eager to learn. And if you demonstrate that how much somehow on your resume, I think that really helps a lot too. I went to a lot of conferences and I volunteered for some of them too. Just sh just showing that you've actually gone to conferences and put it on your resume. That shows that you're like curious and trying to learn more and taking time outside of your school to go and pursue like knowledge, I guess. <laughs> I no. don't know how else to describe it. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, everything that you're doing is what everyone has said, you know, being a part of the community, going to the conferences, understanding and learning and being curious. Like one of the things that I hear over and over again from leaders in regards to what they look for in talent, more so than any, more so than any particular like skill, skill yeah. or tool set, mm -hmm. it's all about like curiosity. Like, are you going to dig, are you going to be mm -hmm. that person to dig in? Because as we both yeah. know in cybersecurity, there is, everything changes so fast. Like, you know, the tool that's out today or the solution that's out today is changing tomorrow, like literally day by day, minute to minute, hour to hour, it changes so much. So they want to understand that the person that they are bringing on the team or the person that, that is really like curious about this, really wants to understand more and more, grow, learn, you know, continue on with continuous, continuing education, be a part of the cybersecurity community, go to the various and like you, like how you did volunteer when you have the time for the different um, 
uh, conferences and all of that. So being kind of in, truly engaged in the space mm-hmm. is awesome. And that also lends to, even though it's not, it's not, it may not be looked at as networking, that is an aspect of networking because you're there, you're volunteering, you're meeting new people, you're interacting. All of that is building, you know, mm-hmm. your... And writing that on your resume specifically is the difference. Like, don't wait till the interview to show that you're doing that. You can put it on your resume. Mm-hmm. It's going to only help you. Right. It may take up space from like other things you really want to include but those are the most relevant things at the end of the day yeah no you're so right it's all about relevancy people ask me about resumes all the time like can i when they ask questions about about resumes and it's all about what's relevant and it's all about kind of what where you want to go so i can get a, a resume and a resume looks great but the real question mark is what jobs are you interested in what are you looking to do because that your resume should reflect, should be a reflection of that job. Um, One of the things when I first started in recruiting years ago, a manager said to me, what's really awesome when people get, when managers, hiring managers get really excited when a person's resume reads the job description so you have a job description you're like Mm, matching it yeah you know you're like oh my god like this person does exactly what we do here you know like that's when they start getting excited about bringing people on and so people don't fully understand like the resume yes it has to show some of the stuff you've done but especially when it's breaking into security and breaking into cyber break you know when you're new and fresh in the field it has to it should be reflective of the relevant things you're doing so everything that you put on there Mm -hmm. is what made these people excited and said oh let's interview Neha she's at the conference yeah I didn't put yeah, I didn't put all the jobs that I did through I college mm-hmm. and post college. I only picked one that was the most recent and the most relevant. And then I showcased just like the conferences, the um, the tools that I worked with in school, the projects, that, the certs that I'm working mm-hmm. towards. So that all, I think, made my resume far more relevant than just me showing that I had work experience. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing a lot of people get scared by is that private sector wants you to have X amount of experience. And not everyone can meet that when they have zero experience as the chicken or the egg situation. So I think having a mindset where you're never going to stop learning and that's something that you have to just be mentally prepared for in technology because everything's so quickly changing showing that on your resume somehow that you're continuously learning, developing professionally, they know that you're the right personality fit for right. it too. Right. Yeah. Such a valid point. And the, the, the leaders share that all the time and she, and how you showcase that on your resume is by ensuring that to, to, to your point earlier, you know, going for the security plus continue, the continuing education. Like, you know, when you see, when you mm-hmm. see somebody's resume and they've done, they've had multiple different skill sets or tool sets that they've learned over the years, or they're getting another certification and it makes sense now. 
people talk about the alphabet soup of certifications and you don't want to have a zillion certifications that don't align. But if you're in a field and they, the certifications make sense and you're like, okay, well, I did the security, you know, I went for my security plus, I went for my CISSP and now I'm going for, you know, I'm going into this niche field. Like I really want to get more. I want to, I want to, I want to get the CEH or I want to get, you know, uh, another one of the SAN certifications in a specific niche skill set, it makes sense to the manager, not that you're just getting security certifications just just like random, but you have some kind of thought process like, okay, this is what's most interesting to me and this is why I'm going down this path um, to get these various certifications. And that is what shows in the continuing education, the people who are, you know, continuing to learn and grow. And I hear that over and over and over again, the best security people, the best leaders, everyone is looking to not be stagnant and stay ahead of the curve. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, this field is not for people who have a one and done education and then they think they're done and that's all they have to do. It's just not the right personality fit. Yeah. It's just not at all. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Continuous learning. So, Neha, we're at our last two minutes of the show. So, Mm -hmm. usually, Chris is the one who asks this question, but I am going to have to ask it for him since we miss him today. What would you say would be the one piece of advice that you would give to someone that's looking to break into the field, that's struggling right now, and they're watching this, and they see you, and you're where they want to be? What would you, what kind of advice would you give them? I'm not sure where, like, if I'm actually where they want to be, <laughs> but um, let me think. Well, you are because you're in the so door. I they're on the outside. Yeah, I do have my foot in the door. Right. Yeah. That's um, step one. Let me think. I've already said a lot of things. So I'm trying to think of something new. <laughs> um, I would actually say this is the biggest difference for me. I took career coaching classes. And that's where it really helped me figure out what to say in my elevator pitch, my interview in general what to put on my resume, how to salary negotiate. And I think that really helped me focus from being kind of confused and putting everything on my resume to being more concise and just helped me be more like laser focused in the field. So I think that career coaching really made a difference for me. And I feel like that would make a lot of differences for a lot of people. So a huge difference for a lot of people. So. That's so awesome. And it it's so funny because I didn't even know that you did that. Um, and it's a, <laughs> and it's a, it, that's the reason why I knew what to put mm-hmm. on my resume. Mm-hmm. It's because of career yeah. coaching and I wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for right. this. So, Which is awesome. Yeah. And it, it, it's so funny because, um, I all, I'm, I'm about, I'm putting together an offering, a, a specific cyber career coaching offering right now. I've been, quietly working on it. 
um, and it's specific to like this kind of stuff. So it's it's hilarious that you know. That's so funny. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> that just ended up working out so well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So awesome. All right. Well, Neha, it was so much fun having you. Thank you so much for being a guest on our show. We are super excited that you were Thank able you to come on. This was. Um, I know you probably you definitely provided some really great insight, especially you you definitely provided insight to me on USA Gov USA Jobs because I like I said had no idea about how to get through that you know <laughs> that space. Um, I'm also not former military nothing. or right. no clearance, so this is literally starting from scratch. Right. No experience, no military. Right. No clearance. Awesome. So awesome, yeah. and that's it's yeah. so great for people to hear that. Like, you don't have to have the military background. All everyone talks about clearance, clearance, clearance. Cl- every job is not clearance. I say that all the time as well. Um, mm. And that, especially internships, like a lot of them are not clearance right. like required. Right. Yeah, you do need to do your basic government clearance right. to work in government, check. but right. that's after you get on the job. It's not something you need to have before. Right. Exactly. Awesome. So thank you, ma'am. This was amazing. We have, um, just so everyone else knows, we have a huge lineup. I think we are booked out into March, almost April, with people who have broken into the field. um, And we have a ton of awesome, diverse backgrounds, all types of different backgrounds, all people of all different ages and, you know, women and men and all types of different, when I say backgrounds, like um, educational backgrounds and people with, um, you know, prior different careers, a lot of career changers. So super excited to bring them on and excited to get my co-host back next week. And we will see you um, next Friday, same time, 12 Eastern. Thank you. Thanks again, Neha. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.